Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, November 28th, or thereabouts, and it's ten dozen minutes of Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and we will be calling Jake to see uh, what he's doing at the moment. I'm hoping it's sleeping and dreaming of me. Let's see. Mr. Skullhead. Hey, the guy. How's it going? Hey, it's going pretty well. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. How was your Thanksgiving? I will tell you in a second, but first I'm going to turn off the space heater so it'll stop hissing at me. And uh, in give space, us a. No a, one can feel you heat. No one can feel your body heat in space. In space, we're not paying to heat up the whole neighborhood. <clears throat> you know what they say a stitch in space saves the human race. Uh, isn't there somebody whose last name is Heater? Uh, yes, a uh, famous uh, so famous uh, German industrial designer, Dieter Heater. <laughs> right. I was thinking of his brother, Peter Heater, I think. Mm. Pumpkin Eater. How was your Thanksgiving? Actually, before that, uh, have you gotten to the point in your dad career yet where you have said we're not paying to cool slash heat the whole neighborhood? No, I, I think it'll be a while before he's holding doors open, and I feel the need to say that. Well, you might have also said it to your wife. I don't know. I don't know how she is about doors. Right. I've actually, you know, our house is so hard to keep heated that none of us would dream of leaving the door open. Mm-hmm. So, and it's also, you know, it's going to cost a hundred bucks a month to heat it regardless of whether the door is open or not because the furnace is always running. So, I don't see myself freaking out about that. I always got it when I would hold the refrigerator door open. Yeah, that's going to be annoying. I was reminded uh, of that Cosby Show episode where uh, Dr. Cosby takes a picture of the contents of the refrigerator and tapes it to the door of the mm. refrigerator. You know, I could use that as well, I think. Just some kind of viewing window or maybe a, a little touch screen that I can look and zoom. While I like the idea of a, uh, a, a transparent refrigerator, which I feel like I have seen... Uh, I think that would be pretty ugly, actually. Yeah, it would be really hard to keep your stuff clean to the point where, like, it's on display all the time. You'd have to wash all of the bottles of ketchup before you put them away. Yeah, I think you're either going to end up making food choices based on aesthetics or just having a hideous inside of the fridge that everyone can see. I think I would have to buy an even number of everything to keep the symmetry up. Oh, yeah, that would be tricky. So, yeah, that, that was Thanksgiving. We had a... We had a pretty decent sized meal with uh, the... The mother-in-law's family. Yes. Um, we went over to my mother-in-law's brother's house, and they had a big meal, and we brought a pair of blueberry pie for them to eat. And eat it we did. A pair of blueberry pies? Uh, we, we brought a parrot and a blueberry pie. For the au pair. Yeah, we brought some apparel that had blueberry pie on it for them to wash off. And, uh, yeah, we had a giant meal, and it was super awesome. And then we went t- over to the other side of the family and had, like, sat down and had a drink because there was no way we were eating anything else for the rest mm-hmm. of the day. And then we went over to Matt and Greta's house and recorded Family Hot Dog number 7. Nice. How did is, it go? It's currently up. It's good. It's short. It's like 45 minutes. But uh, it's 45 quality minutes. 
Is it because you recorded six hours and edited it down to just the punchiest 45 minutes? Yeah. Actually, we, re- we recorded 12 hours. That's not the way we do things here at the Hot Dog Network, in case anybody was wondering. Right. <clears throat> they say, if you're going to podcast, you're going to spend two hours editing for every one hour that you record. And I say, <laughs> Right. <laughs> that'll be the day. <clears throat> Actually, that'll be literally every hour of every day. Yeah. I think if I had to spend two hours editing every hour of podcast that I recorded, there would literally be no time for me to do anything else ever. Because hey, how many do you do in a week now? Do six hours? Do I do six hours? I do, like, say, maybe an hour and five minutes of uh, Advice Hot Dog and three hours of KOL shows and an hour and a half of Video Games Hot Dog. How many of that adds up to five and change? Yeah. So in addition to that, you would have 11 more hours. So that's 16 hours in a week. 16 hours is more than there are in a week. Yeah, that is a whole lot of hours. I think I drank some math out of my head over my over my long weekend <laughs> oh yeah that's you had your big old Vegas vacation how did that go I it saw that fun. your uh, girlfriend there was pretty hammered oh yeah how'd oh, you see was, that some sort of Facebook update Facebook and while drunk some yeah. sort of some sort of picture of a of a loopy drunk face yeah a picture of her with her new best friend loopy drunk face loopy drunk face I think is how it's pronounced you meet people from all over the world. Yep. Silliest last names in that place. But mostly Mexico. Um, really, why, what I saw was mostly Asian people. Hmm. I don't know. They're the only ones with money anymore in this economy. Am I right? Yeah. Boy. I played a lot of uh, what I keep, uh, I keep referring to as a Ghostbusters pinball machine, even though it was a Ghostbusters slot machine. Had some fun with that. Slot machines are crazy these days. There is so much shit going on. Uh, Well, there is as much shit as there can be going on without adding any actual game to a slot machine. Um, No, but it was good. We we got going late uh, because we ended up driving my mom up, and so we had to wait until she got off work and got up to Phoenix. Uh, And so we got there, got there fairly late, had a couple drinks, and went to went to bed on Wednesday. And then uh, Thursday, we we uh, dicked around, and I read some book by the pool. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, we went for dinner fairly early to the buffet at the Wynn. Uh, it, it's just called The Buffet. There's a cafe in there called The Cafe, hmm. and a little convenience store called The Drug Store. So they're very into uh, traditional names. Or are they yeah. trying to say, like, it is the archetypal, like... There are other buffets in the world that need a name to distinguish themselves, but this is the buffet. Yeah. This is as buffet as it gets. It is the platonic ideal of the buffet. It was pretty fucking good. Oh, yeah. Uh, it made me wish I was like a fat guy who could eat twice as much uh, as I can. Or, I mean, really, it made me wish I was a guy who could eat ten times as much as I can, fat guy or not. Uh, this is the second time in five minutes that I've thought about uh, the, that blueberry pie eating contest from Stand By Me. <laughs> um, but man, there was some good stuff. Had some had some lamb chops with mint jelly. Huh. Had some, you know, had some turkey. I had my one plate of traditional Thanksgiving food. Sure, just a few. I'm a guy who likes to eat uh, a variety of small portions of things. Sure, you know. So so like I'm like a tapas is right up my alley, and a and a uh, and a buffet is right up my alley because I just get a little bit of stuff. Sure. 
I asked the guy, I don't like it when they serve the, the parts that they serve you because you can't be trusted with a knife out there. Because I said, you know, could I have some turkey? And he gave me probably five times as much turkey as I would have taken. Yeah, it turns out that turkey. turkey you don't really need any of. You think? You didn't or, have any turkey? Or very, very little. Well, you always, I always put a bunch on my plate, and then after the gravy's gone, and you're on that first layer is gone, you realize, like, turkey's not a very delicious bird in and of itself. Like, it's not the best meat in the world. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, seem to share your opinion about that, because it's, uh, like, turkey is often cheaper than chicken. Hmm. You know, but I've always preferred it to a lot of other meats. Like I like a turkey burger about as much as I like a hamburger. I See, think. I like ground turkey, but not the uh, just your basic turkey white meat. Yeah, yeah, not a white meat fan in general. I, I, I normally uh, my Thanksgiving fare is one slice of uh, white meat turkey that I begrudgingly eat because people insist that I have to, or it's not Thanksgiving, and one leg or two legs if I can get away with it. I do like the dark meat. I know you've heard that about me. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, Pez Boy and his family came up after, on the day after uh, Thanksgiving. They, they've started the little tradition there and uh, went and went and hung out with him down on down on downtown on Fremont Street. Did a little bit of, uh, there's, a, there's a casino down there, the Golden Gate, that has replaced all of their blackjack dealers basically with strippers. Like, there's uh-huh. a there's a rotation of blackjack dealers, and part of the rotation is poles that they dance on uh-huh. uh, in between. And they're you know they're just in they're in like a like a tasteful bikini kind of thing. Um, but as it turns out, also just like super friendly and engaging, and uh, made for made for a quite a good uh, several hours of blackjack on comparatively little money. I think the last time I went to the Golden Gate, they had. Or, oh no, that was the Golden Corral. Or wait, the Golden Corral has the. I think the Golden Corral is like a sizzler. Right. Are you thinking of the Golden Nugget? The, the Golden, Golden Nugget, Horseshoe? yes, where they had the, uh, the Golden the Golden Luxor. Yeah. The Golden Nugget was a place where all of the dealers were like sixty five years old and seemed like they had been smoking since they were two. Nice. And we had this idea that the further away from the like bright lights of the strip you get, the more decrepit they get. This place was clearly trying to re uh, revitalize its image. That's there were good. girls. There were just dancing girls everywhere. Outside, uh, I ordered a I ordered a large Guinness, not realizing that the Guinness would be served to me in a plastic football. So <laughs> I, I drank a great big plastic football full of Guinness. I've heard that's the ideal shape to maximize the flavor. Yeah, I mean that's I think that's a, traditionally how it is served in Ireland. Right. Although they serve it in a soccer ball. They, they, well, they serve it in a plastic football, but they call it a soccer ball. Right, that's how that works, right? Yeah, one of the one of the dealers. Uh, it was her first uh, her first night dealing. It was her first shift as a blackjack dealer ever. Uh, and I asked her what what her previous job was, and she had worked at Hooters. Hmm. Uh, and so she, she real pretty skills. frequently got the math wrong. I don't want to I don't want to perpetuate any stereotypes here, <laughs> but uh, there were a lot of times where where uh, she would like. Give me the give me my winnings, even though I had lost, and I would have to point that out. But at least um, you pointed that out. Yeah, you were the yeah. bigger man. <laughs> um, but I mean, I also pointed it out when she took my money when she wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Right, um, 
I mean, I, I don't know. I like in a way, I felt like an asshole, but in another, like, because you never know, like, what's going to get them the most in trouble, right? right. Like, d- yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say. It's hard to say whether that's the kind of thing that like the polite thing is not. I played some craps uh, in a casino for real, which I had never done before because I was always scared of it. Right. But RKO Elcon Casino Night taught me the way. That's pretty good. Down there, they're pretty friendly. You know, I think they're doing what they can to get some business. And I took mom and my girlfriend to see the Blue Man Group. Is that a, a good show still? I really like it a lot. Yeah. I just, like, it is an hour and a half where I'm just smiling the entire time. Nice. It's, uh, it's neat. Yeah, it's pricey, but it's a, it's a cool experience. I don't know that I will do it again if I'm not there with somebody that, you know, has never seen it and probably won't if I don't take them to it. Right. Uh, as, as I was. Because that's not, I didn't know if it would be up my mom's alley or not, but she really enjoyed it. I'm just going to let the up your mom's alley slide. Because she's hey, a nice thanks. lady. That's a holiday spirit. <sighs> so that's a nice, that's a nice bit of uh, humbug that you didn't buy. Mm, uh, we did a we did an evening of theater on Friday night too. We had a, <clears throat> a friend of ours is in with a local comedy troupe, and they did two um, basically one act plays okay. that were completely different. And on Friday night, the first one was. It was called You Only Live Forever Once, and it was kind of a like James Bond pastiche parody where half of the action took place in a like a puppet theater. So like the secret agent would run across the stage and then behind the back of the puppet theater and then pop up as a puppet so they could do action sequences and have him get in a car which gets hit by a missile and yeah, so That's cool. Super funny and and great, and then is the it second, a thing that the troupe wrote, or yes. yeah? So they write little, like hour, hour and a half long things and perform them. This and the second one was called Skinner Box and was about uh, like a speculative if BF Skinner had kept two like a set of twins in a Skinner Box until they were thirty, and what they would do after he died and how they would cope with the world outside. That was surprisingly mm-hmm. funny, a little more poignant, but. Super awesome. Commentary. It's always hard to tell what you're going to get with a community thing like that. Mm-hmm. You, need, you need somebody curating it for you. Yeah, and they, these guys, pretty much everything they do is hilarious. We've seen several shows from them. We get discounted mm-hmm. tickets, but, you know, I, I, I would pay for it. I don't know how much comedy... The, it's. I guess there's got to be a way that you could just find stuff like that. Uh, we've been to a few improv shows. There's, there is like an improv theater that is just right around the corner from the office that a friend of ours was taking improv classes there and she was like, hey, come see come see our show. Uh, and they've been surprisingly good. Uh, especially the ones that are just people who are learning to do improv, you know, starting out at, at zero and, and taking comedy classes. Right. It's, it's entertaining to see it. But they do that like kind of competitive improv where you score points. Oh, uh, whose line is it anyway? Model. Sort of, yeah. There's I, I haven't seen enough whose line is it anyway to, to be really familiar with that. But uh, there's a, they play a lot of different kinds of games. Yeah, that seems like exactly what they do, and they they have they declare a winner of each game and award points. And 
Yeah. The points yeah. tend to be kind of arbitrary. Yep. Yeah, that and they had one person who was like the funniest person, uh, who I, I guess is like maybe the wife of the. I was I was surprised because normally I don't, uh, I, I, you know, normally my misogynistic tendencies stop me from feeling this way about anything. But the funniest people in all of these shows have been women, like by far. Huh. It's it's just like this weird sort of like opposite tendency of most of the situations that I'm in, and it's nice. It's nice to see. Um, but the wife of the guy that owns the theater, I guess, uh, was like the sort of designated jokester or something. I don't think they actually called her that. Um, but for, for games that needed a fourth, she was always the fourth. Mm. It was two teams of three. Uh, anyway, yeah, comedy. Um, and then we went to this, uh, we found out from a girl who was tending bar at the place that we were at, we were drinking before the Blue Man group, uh, so that we would so that we would be sure to uh, have a hard time enjoying the second half of the Blue Man show on account of having to pee really bad. <laughs> Uh, that was critical. Uh, but she told us about this place. That she described it as an arcade, uh, which got us very excited. But we went there and realized that it was way. It was more of a club with an arcade in it, uh. Uh, and it was like Saturday night at twelve thirty, and hmm. so it was real clubby. And I was happy when I first got in there, and then sad as I was leaving. I think this guy. So this is this is going to illustrate the, the 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 moment pretty clearly. This guy was playing Mortal Kombat two against his girlfriend, and she beat him. I think he probably let her win. It seemed to be the it seemed to be the impression that I got. And then she then continued to play against a computer opponent, like happens. And I waited until she was about to lose, and then I put quarters in and started a game so that it would rescue her, so that she would get to play again before I went on to play against the computer opponents, right? right? And it made him mad that I that I did that. And I was like, but I, it, I made it so she could play another game. But, you know, he wasn't going to think about it that way. And, you know, maybe that, that there's probably something wrong with me that leads me to believe that that was an act of kindness, when in fact it's not. You think it would have been better to let her finish the game and lose? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I knew that I was going to beat her from having watched her play, right? And was right. it as, like, should I should I have let her win a round and then come back to have made it more fun? Or should I should I have just stayed, stayed away completely? Because to me, it was like, well, she'll get to play another round. But, I mean, maybe she doesn't fucking care. Maybe she was just doing it because he wanted to play it. Right. You know, so maybe I was actually, not only did it seem like I was trying to humiliate her, with a resounding defeat, but also I was forcing her to do a thing that she didn't even want to do, which is like rape. Yeah. Why is it always I can just rape never tell. I can never tell if what I'm doing is rape or just regular humiliation. In other words. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it, there were there were video games. I I played uh, I played a game of Dragon's Lair, and I was like, you know. I can play this on my phone. I literally have, I could stand here and play that exact same game on my phone and it wouldn't cost 50 cents. <laughs> oh. So I, it was a little less. So I played some multiplayer uh, Gauntlet. Hadn't done that in a long time. That's always fun, yeah. Yeah. Valkyrie kept shooting the food, though. Fucking Valkyrie. And stuff like uh, that. I was Wizard and Wizard sucks balls. Yeah. It's stuff like that that's harder to get on a like a phone or on a console, even. The four-player, multiplayer, like going through the Ninja Turtle game with yeah. four people. Yeah. I think you can do it, but like 
shit, I don't have four controllers for the Xbox. Those things are like fifty bucks a piece. There are, uh, yeah, and, and I mean, then you 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 basically can't do it multiplayer very readily on a computer, right? Right. Like we've had a we've had a lot of fun. Uh, Wes, the the animator on the new game, has a good sized MAME cabinet, and it's got it only has two joysticks, but it's like it gives you pretty authentic multiplayer experience. Cool. Actually, you know what? That is not true. So what what we did. Uh, Hot Stuff and I went over there and we played through we played through both of those um, I want to say they came out in like 94 or 95 but they were these they were the, the sort of like side-scrolling beat-em-ups uh, in, the, in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Golden Axe tradition but they were Dungeons and Dragons licensed I haven't seen those um, I forget one of them's the Tower of Something um but uh, we, we, two of us used the joystick and, and buttons on the, on the actual cabinet, and then there was like a, like a game pad that he hooked up so that a third person could play. Huh. That was fun. I mean, that's why, like, the, the games, the, the arcade games that I'm really interested in actually owning are Zybots, which I got. Uh, we just got lucky in that it was for sale. Uh, Tron, because the controls are, are sort of difficult. Like you can play it on an emulator, but it's never the same because it's like yeah, you need that joystick trigger knob. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've played a lot of it on Mame using WASD and then mouse left and right as wheel left and right, and then the mouse button to shoot, and that's that works well enough. You know, um, I want to miss Pac-Man cocktail table. I'm probably never going to get one of those though because I'm not willing to pay what they cost. Yeah. Um, and what else? Rampart. Playing Rampart multiplayer, but you have to have the trackballs and buttons. You, you got to have big balls to play Rampart multiplayer. Do I remember Rampart? It's <laughs> the one where you build a castle using like Tetris pieces, and then place cannons in it, and then there's an action round where you're firing the cannons. In single player, you're firing the cannons at boats that are also shooting at your castle and making hmm. gaps in it. Uh, and in multiplayer, you're firing it at the other dude's castles. Uh-huh. And then there's a round where you have 30 seconds or whatever to fill in all the gaps in your castle walls using these Tetris pieces. So it gets harder and harder as time goes by and your walls get more and more sloppy. Huh. It's fun. It's a, it's a, it's a good premise. They, they had it at the arcade in the mall in Prescott, and so I just played a ton of it in high hmm. school. It was that tiny arcade in that tiny shitty mall. Those were the days. Yeah. Kids in Prescott don't know how good they have it now. No, yeah. do they? Do there's they have it good ar- now? I don't. Even, I mean, there, there's no, there's no equivalent to the arcade, right? I guess there's the arcade, but it's all DDR. There's a new. Well, like there's that big new mall outside of town, and okay, it's got all yeah. kinds of things. There is a. I guess there is a real mall there now, which there wasn't. Like there's a movie theater that has more than one screen. Yeah, hey, come on. We had two screens. That's right. Those were, uh, they were duplexes. Yeah. There were there were four movie screens in Prescott when we were living there. Um, all they always had different movies on them too, except when, except when it was like, oh, The Lion King playing on every fucking screen for four months. Right. Um, although that was cool because we got to do that neat thing where you run the film through one projector and then across the room and through the other projector. Really? Yeah, that was fun. Um, just because it was like interesting, it was like, what uh, what are these things in the ceiling? Oh, uh, you'll see, you'll see when there's a real popular movie coming through here. That's pretty cool. It's kind of amazing. 
So it would play like there was like a maybe a ten second delay between them for the time it took the actual film to make it across there. I don't know why it is that it's more impressive for me to think of that than to think of the film, the entire film lives on a thing that's smaller than a deck of cards and is beamed through the air to the other projector. Like, that's super really... impressive, right? But you can see the, like, Rube Goldberg mechanism of the other one. Yeah, it's there's this visceral, like, seeing a lot of moving parts and it, it makes a, you know, it makes a lot of noise. Yeah. Up there, which is, there's just, there's just something really, like, sort of industrial revolution satisfying about it. Yeah. You know, it's like all the, all the film we saw as kids of shit getting done was like a lot of gears turning and a lot of noisy conveyor belts and stuff. And a lot of anyway. So yeah, that was that was what I did in between the last show and and this one was I worked at a movie theater in high school. Yep. Got a time rift. You know, we also You got anything else you got anything else going on? On Saturday, we started packing comic books. Ooh. We started uh, signing them and packing them. And I think in the three or four hours we were doing it, we signed maybe 300 of them. Huh. So that means you've got like two more full days of signing. <laughs> right. It sucks. It's fun, though. Like, I made the mistake of saying that anybody who pledged $37 or more got a hilarious original joke from Mr. Skullhead and not only that but let them pick one of like four genres of joke for me to write huh. so they're like wow I'm writing 200 jokes and because I'm me I don't want to just like find some jokes somewhere and steal them I want to actually make new ones for everybody and right, and, and original original also an implied unique to your interpretation yeah, I didn't want to. It would to me. It would to me too. Yeah. I mean, but but wow. So there were puns. Uh, X walks into a bar. The difference between men and women and random words. So the, okay. the puns got kind of brutal. That's just coming up with words and things that have double meanings. I, I managed to do a lot of them. The the best are the random word ones because that's you know, what do the Huguenots say to the unicycle? Hand me that jar of shea butter. Um, where, are you, did you say that because you looked across the room and the first thing that you laid eyes on was a jar of shea butter? <laughs> nope, that was the first thing my brain laid its eyes on. Okay. Uh, what is what is shea butter? It's like some sort of clean, like a like a skin product or something. Yeah, right? the, moisturizing. Uh, oh, shea butter was that girl we went to high school with? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her and uh, Peter, Peter Heater. Peter Heater. Uh, huh. Well, uh, you probably don't want to spoil any of the jokes. Yeah. Are you writing them down? I'm writing them down in the magazines. I'm not going to write them down twice. Ah, really? There aren't. I mean, I didn't see a whole lot of them that were. I would want to tell the world about. You know. Yeah. Well, I I want. I want. You didn't have to tell the world about them. I just would have liked to see them. Um, how did it break down? Like, how? What was the distribution of people who wanted puns versus wanting random words versus? It was easily, well, like on every page that I printed out, there were like forty names, and of those, 
on every page, weirdly enough, 29 of them wanted puns. Huh. And then like five wanted something else, and five wanted something else, which makes sense because like that's the game that you know we're famous for writing our puns. So, All right, my favorite one that nobody in the room thought was funny, but that I thought was really funny, was this. So I used to know this guy who used to let people touch his stomach muscles if they paid him money, but then there was this freak tornado and he just got sucked up into the sky because it turns out that nature vacuums and abhor. <laughs> See, I thought that was fucking great, but everybody else yeah, just kind of shrugged. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. That's pretty good. I, uh, I I like that. Hey, you're you're writing these in longhand. Yep. Wow. I yeah, I, I can understand why you would come to regret that decision. <laughs> but I don't know if it's actually regretting the decision because it it makes it super neat, like. Seeing the book that has my autograph on the front and Doug's, Doug's autograph on the front, and then a sketch from him in the back and the joke from me in the back, like that to me is just an ironclad argument for physical media. Yeah, because it's it's an artifact. It makes me happy. Yeah, it, it it goes from it goes from being media to to being to being an object of of value. Yeah. That is that is also uh, to a weird extent the way that I feel about framing things, uh-huh. uh, which uh, makes me feel old, you know. But it was like I bought that I bought that uh, oh that that print of the original opening crawl from Dragon's Lair, and uh, I spent more framing it than I spent on the print, but I still feel like that was the right thing to do. Because it made it from a th- it, t- it took a thing that was on a sheet of paper and turned it into an artifact. Like it turned it into a thing that, like, no matter how dead I am, people would hesitate to just throw away. Right. Um, which yeah, what you need to do is frame a comic book. Hmm. I actually uh, thought of putting one in one of those floating frames. What's a floating frame? It's where the like instead of a mat board, you just have two sheets of glass that the thing's pressed in between. Oh, okay. And then a frame around the outside. Uh, Roy does that with a lot of his stuff. Okay. Like with the playing cards so that you could see either side. Hmm. Um, but you're always, like, I think you hit a certain point in, like, growing up and going to ever nicer digs that you stop putting posters on the wall with thumbtacks and you start buying the poster frames and shit like that. Yeah. I think we ended up getting a mat cutter. It's just a thing that holds a razor blade at a 45 degree angle so you can cut your own mats. Because the framing has always been just ridiculously expensive. Yeah, it really really is. And it's just, it, it looks so much better than anything that I would ever have the patience to do. I guess so. That that it's uh, you know it, it's just it's a quality thing rather than a laziness thing for me. I, I uh, oh it's a quality and laziness thing. I guess I am too lazy to provide sufficient quality by doing this thing myself. Mm-hmm. Riff has been uh, Riff has been framing his collection of maps of places that don't exist. Mm. A lot of framed things stuck in places. <laughs> Uh, he framed one that he made, which I thought was... I thought that was a little... Yeah, well... Uh, well, yeah. am I in that boat if I frame the comic book? No, well, because you didn't draw yeah, it. Yeah, would Doug be if <laughs> Doug framed his? No. Uh, did they get the right uh, ad 
copy? Yeah, they did. Okay, good. And then I would say that it looks better on paper than it did in the digital file or in any of the printouts that I did. Mm. The colors are just amazing. So it was well worth the doing. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, when's issue two? Well, he, he'll get going on it. He, had, uh, he has 150 sketches to draw. So, like, a full-page, full-color thing, and each of those take him 15, 20 minutes. Man. So, once he's done with that, he's... I think he started to sketch issue two. I've already given him the script so that he can look at it when he gets bored. So, we'll you see. got all six of the scripts done, don't you? No, just five. Oh. Okay. I just finished the fifth, and then... I mean, the sixth is all plotted out. It just needs to be laid out. Ah, comic books. Thing. Yeah, so I'll send you guys a box. There's like 120 in a box. Okay. So I'll send a box, and then you'll have some to keep and some to distribute to Pez Boys Connections. Yeah. I made up some joke while I was in Las Vegas about Bah Humbug, but I don't remember what it was. Hmm. Uh, I, I, and I say that now because uh, Fingers Murphy, the first question that he posted in the forum questions thread is Bah Humbug. Um, uh-huh. Because I said there was no Thursday show on account of Thanksgivings. Oh, let's see. Stealer of Meat complains about uh, not being able to forward search by typing the names of things in the combat action bars drop downs. Which, yeah, that is a, that's a problem that happens when you stop using tried and true uh, standardized browser methodology, like frames, uh, and start making stuff that has more features than that. Um, I don't know if it would be all that possible. I mean, I'm sure it would be possible. I don't know if it would be reasonable uh, to spend time making it so that that worked in that way. Um, but yeah, yeah, those lists have a lot of shit on them. Lots of shit. What we should do uh, is just go through and get some metrics on how many, like, which items are actually used in combat, and then just make the ones that aren't not combat items anymore. You think? Well, probably not, but yeah, I suppose. Mm. I mean, the the trouble with that, like, the first... 30 combat items that we ever made all got used for tower monsters, right? So, even though it's the kind of thing where, like, nobody would use this, like, the amount of damage that it will do to a monster is not worth anywhere near as much as the pittance of meat that you would get by auto-selling it, for instance. Um, they are, you know, it's, that's a, that's a weird thing. I mean, like, I, I often said that I think we could probably triple or quadruple the amount of damage all damage dealing combat items do and the D levels of everything and still no one would use them. <laughs> and then when I pointed out, after the V for Vivola mask had been around for years and I pointed out that one of its features was to double all of the damage done by combat items, everybody was like, whoa, seriously? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that that did that. Um and I mean, it makes. I guess it makes sense, right? Like in a in a in a world, in a world where you could sell a firecracker to buy MP in the store 
and then use it to cast a spell that did twice as much damage as the firecracker. And you can do that as any class, right? It's like, I, it needs to be, there need to be combat items. But even the, even the skills list, I, mean, I don't want to get rid of any skills, and even the skills list in combat gets pretty long. Yeah. But, see, the thing about the thing about the combat action bar is that that's not those drop downs are not the primary use of the thing right those drop downs are there so that you can have access to those items so that you can socket them in a hotkey um, so for for the case that he's talking about which is like the molybdenum magnet like I think what I would probably do if I were playing this game regularly is I would have my action bar for fighting for like the run of the mill fights that I was going through and then I would add a second page to the combat action bar that just had all of the situational combat items that I wanted to use. And then I think that there's a keyboard shortcut to switch between those. So like, you just like, when the gremlin pops up and does the thing that means you need to use the magnet, what you do instead of like clicking the drop down and typing MOL to get to the magnet, you hit you know, shift up to shift down, and that uses the molybdenum magnet uh, because you've got a second page of the combat action bar with the molybdenum magnet socketed in number two. Right. Um, I don't know that that's what the keyboard shortcut is to move to a second page, and I also don't know that there actually is a keyboard shortcut to move to a second page, but I assume that there is one um, because the 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 typical MMO combat bar, which is the thing whose function the combat action bar is aping. Uh, that's a that's a critical feature of it. In World of Warcraft, uh, I have a combat action bar for all of my fishing stuff. Uh, so then, whenever I get attacked, fishing, or whenever I'm fishing and suddenly go into a dungeon, the first thing that I do uh, in the first fight that I get into is put away my fancy wizard staff and equip my fishing pole because that's <laughs> what's on the hotkey that's normally my attack. Um, I'm like, oh, sorry guys, got it. Unequip this fishing pole before I can shoot a lightning bolt at this guy that's killing you. Arashman says, though not trendy, any chance we could have the skills, not just or just not the items of items of the month past? I'd like to be able to summon my librams and such, even if I couldn't currently use the end result, even if it's slightly a grain to the trendy lifestyle. Uh no. It's it's so much more straightforward on the back end to not do that on a item by item basis like that uh, also any chance of a turn it again option for the rat faucet it's a bit clunky as is and it was a useful meat source in way of the surprising fist huh I'll bet I'll bet I could fake that in the adventure again thing if only there was a place for me to put the things that I should do I'm going to k-mail myself Um. Yeah, sorry, man. The pizza that I hastily ate before doing this show is uh, creeping back up on me. Uh, so I was listening to your radio show the other day and heard you say, says Fingers Murphy, you were suffering from a slight lack of ideas. Is this because you don't have time to devote attention to the new challenge path because it's a busy time of year for you, or is there a general withering of interest in the whole challenge path concept? For my money, the type 2 path smacks of a final retreat into a rolling challenge format, and while this is surely beneficial to people planning contests in your game in the future, it, by definition, doesn't add anything new to the game. Is it selfish of me to want more? Okay, so there's a... I don't think that I ever said anything about having a lack of ideas. 
Yeah, we frequently um, say the opposite for everything, and I, I think that even the challenge paths are no exception. Yeah. Um, so it like to say that it smacks of a final retreat into X when it is the third example of of X is just like a sort of a weird. Uh, that's a thing that people do when they're interpreting stuff, right? It's like the first time a band that they like puts out an album that they're not as excited about as the previous albums are like, oh, this is the beginning of the end for this shitty band. Right. Um, type 2, we always knew that we were going to run into this problem of this challenge path coming in the middle of when we needed to be focusing on Crimbo stuff. And so... And, and also, this challenge path needed to be a thing that would not interfere with people's plans for the Crimbo event and interfere with people's ability to be reactive to the Crimbo event as it, as it rolls out, right? Because, because we want the Crimbo stuff to be a surprise, people don't know what kind of shape that they need to be in to, to you know, get the most out of it. And so we need, to, we need to have the most people as possible in as flexible as possible a, a situation. And so, you know, this is just a thing that, you know, this was a path that we figured the people who were most excited about Crimbo would probably not not be sad that they had to spend a month not doing this challenge path, right? I mean, it's not selfish of you to want more, but, you know, everyone always wants more and no one in the world ever really gets what they want, right? <laughs> and that is beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 like... Yeah, you know, I think there's I think there's a lot of people coming to our defense about this, you know. But uh, yeah. I would say wait I until the wait until the next one that thoroughly disappoints you to say that we're out of ideas. Yeah, I mean, I like there was not so much content in Bees Hate You and in Where the Surprising Fist that. I would say that's unsustainable. You know? I mean those were like those were like a lot of talking and a lot of figuring out and a lot of a lot of hashing things out and then like a few days of work. Right. Which, you know, we can we can do that four times a year. And especially once like you know, once challenge paths start becoming a thing, we're like, all right, well this is gonna be like that last one, only this, then it's even less work. Right? Because right. we'll already have frameworks in place for, for the kind of categories of things that we start having ideas for. Uh, two questions, says Senor Ompe, or Sino Romp E. Uh, one, is the level 9 Orchasm quest scheduled for a revamp? I don't feel like it has the same hands-on approach as many of the quests. It's a simple unlock zone, farm item, use item, and with semi-rare adventure in the zone, it becomes, in my opinion, a farce of a quest. A farce you of a quest. You hate optimal ascenders. Uh, I think the quest needs to take more adventures and be more challenging in other aspects, and in doing so, allow you to expand on the finer details of the area, such as, what is in the chasm? Who exactly is the Baron? Uh, the revamp, the, the, we've got some stuff in mind uh, for that, and the, the revamp is definitely going to answer the question of what is in the chasm. Uh, <laughs> but, y you know, I think a lot of casual people think of the level 9 quest as being really complicated compared to the other quests. Like, I think the introduction of... It, it was the... The meat paste recipes were not particularly intuitive, and I think by replacing them with that adding machine monster, I made it even less intuitive. Right. Um, it's the only thing that works like that, for sure. Yeah. 
So, I, you know, I don't know. There's not, there are no current plans to like really fundamentally change the way that's, although that's one that I wouldn't necessarily be that averse to uh, right. a fundamental change if there was a good idea for it. Um, but I don't, the, the main, the main thing is uh, a more obvious approach to getting across the chasm in the first place than the pirates. So okay. like for, for like speed players, they're still going to do the same thing as ever, but there will be a way across the chasm that takes a bunch of turns and has a bunch of content, but that isn't, that doesn't require you to do a bunch of shit. Cause like following that, that, that quest gets a lot of people stuck. Right. And a lot of it is because where does that even start? Like getting across the orc chasm starts with the meat car quest, right? With the untinkerer? Well, no, because you, you have to get the thing, you have to get through so much stuff. You have to g get the meat car quest, go to the shore, hmm. build the thing that lets you go to the island, get the dictionary from the pirate quest stuff. Which is like even you know that there's a lot to that now, um, and then figure out to untinker like and and that's you know it doesn't take a lot of time you you you've done a lot of it ahead of time as as somebody who knows what they're doing but like it's pretty crazy in terms of scrutability, right? And if there's one thing that we're concerned about, it's the ability of our scrutes. Yeah, we want to be scruted. And uh, number two. Could we get some more zone-specific map quests like the Dr. Hobos map and the like, perhaps in higher-level zones that are off the beaten path, accessible by avid ascenders? Maybe even make a semi-rare quest map, or even an ultra-rare quest map. Uh, Ooh, we should do a bunch quest of quest map. maps that are available in Uncle P's. Yeah. Although, the, you know, the Uncle the Uncle Hobos map and whatever, those are those are, like, realistically, like, a half an hour of work <laughs> to oh, do. Sure. Right? Because it's like, it's it's you know three paragraphs of writing, and maybe an item, and and then just like a little bit of code for for how you get through it. If you know if that was a thing that we wanted to do more of, it wouldn't be that hard to to do more of it. But it's like, and it's also like yeah, it's pretty. I guess people like them, you know. That might be one of those things where it's like, oh well, if we're gonna work on content, we should crawl up our own asses and outsmart ourselves and do a lot more work than it would take to actually make people happy. <laughs> like writing four different categories of joke. Yeah. We just care uh, too much. That's our problem. We care too much. We do care too much. We're artists. We, we, need, to, we need to keep reinventing ourselves or we're not satisfied. Well, we're not satisfied anyway. Right. We, have that, we have that angst. The angst that drives a man to a life of creative pursuit instead of, Crime. you know, instead of just a, a boring office job, right? And a model train set on the weekends. Furtawoon says, "Question one: Just to send it again, starting my second trendy run, and remember to check something in Valhalla that I've been wondering about. The old challenge pads, B chord, Fist chord, do not give any bonus karma, not even the plus thirteen that you get from teetotaler and boostafarian. Any plans to change that? Uh, no, and uh, and I will tell you why." Uh, we wanted to make sure that we weren't goofing up if we made a challenge path that ended up being faster than a regular ascension. And I think for low skill hardcore, at least with way of the surprising fist, that is definitely a thing that we have done. 
And so we're not going to punish you for doing it, but we don't want those things to have any rewards after they're not the current challenge path anymore. We don't want them to have any rewards other than what they are. Right. And so it, it just, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense for way of the surprising fist to give you bonus karma because it's easier than a regular run because of the, the combat skills to, to, from a certain point of view, from a certain point of view. Huh. Oh man. Uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of totally inappropriate impressions, I watched the last 15 minutes of seven, uh-huh. uh, followed by the first like half hour of Jurassic park. <laughs> Did you yeah, pretend that that was just how Jurassic Park starts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, that was weird. It's weird that they never went back to that murderer story again. Uh, eventually, it turns out that the raptor is Brad Pitt, who, <laughs> stricken, stricken by his grief, became a dinosaur murderer. Not somebody who murders dinosaurs. Yeah, an actual dinosaur who murders people. I'm not a real murderer, but I am a real dinosaur. I am an actual dinosaur. I don't always murder uh, people, but when I do, I turn into a dinosaur first. Question two. Incidentally, B-core, fist-core, trend-core, will there be a dual-core processor path? You can only use two-handed weapons and only eat and drink processed food and booze, or quad-core. Uh, the thing about uh, core is that we have named one thing core ever. Right. Um, and that was hardcore, and everybody else... Even softcore is not the name of that. It's a normal ascension. Um, yeah, what we should no. do is uh, introduce a new food item and have the you can only eat that item or drink things that you make out of it, and it could be an apple. Uh huh. And then apple. Oh, apple core. Apple core. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, that's not a that's not a bad idea actually. The Johnny Appleseed, your your Johnny Appleseed, your Jobsy, Steve Jobsy Appleseed. See, and you said that uh, we didn't have any more ideas, which I thought was yeah. very irresponsible of you. <laughs> yep. Uh, Getch says, uh, might it be possible to count Runlink starting when one leaves Valhalla rather than when one enters it? Uh, currently spending rollover in Valhalla adds a day to your run link without adding a day's turns even. I had a noob contest run spoiled because I didn't know this and it was unintuitive to me. Yeah, it's it's possible that with the new way that uh, ascensions are being tracked now, what with the the Ralph time or whatever, it, it, was, it was just a shortcut that we took and we felt like it wasn't a big deal to do it that way because we didn't want to encourage people hanging out in Valhalla, right? But I guess I can see how if it's like 10 minutes until rollover and you ascend, that maybe you don't want to, you know, it's not a big deal. Like, you can spend as little as five minutes in after in, 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 uh, in uh, Valhalla and still run afoul of this. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, fixing this has to be low priority, uh, he says. It's not a mistake you'd make twice, but if you could put it in your big list of things to maybe do someday, that would be great. Okay, done. Uh, Grave says, I recently started playing again. Originally created my account in 2005 and petered out sometime in 2006. Whoa. Ooh, uh, don't, put your, don't take your peter out. It's a family game. Yeah, I remember uh, my dad telling me a story about a PE teacher he had that said, run until you get petered out which everybody then would run until they got their Peter out. Ha ha ho. Ha ha, the, the 
concealed homoeroticism of 1960s American high school. Huh. Um, uh, let's see. And I wanted to point out a possible bug with the combat action bar. I have ambidextrous functioning, and if I press the number key for an item, I have to press it twice to advance combat ahead, and it will say, you don't have two of that item. I discovered this using the pirate insult book. If I click on it twice, it will, twice, it will correctly only try to use the book once. Funk sleeming doesn't seem to work very well with the action bar. No, it does. You can... You can click on two items. There, there's, there is a way to do it. Uh, you can, I think, maybe right-click on an item to only use it once, or you can click. You can hit the item and then hit Enter, and it will only use the item once. We definitely thought of that, and we definitely put in ways to do it with both the mouse and the keyboard. I don't remember what they are offhand, uh, but I'm actually pretty sure, yeah, they are. Somebody actually links to the Combat Action Bar documentation. So. Anyways, I'm glad to be back. Well, it's good to have you back, Grave. Uh, WVO Coin says, Jick recorded a version of Ode to Booze a while back. Loved it. Ever thought about recording some other accordion thief songs? Also, embed a flash gizmo to make them play whenever you cast the song. <laughs> yep. Well, just a <laughs> MIDI version, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's one of those that I wish I hadn't put out there. It's funny. Is it? You like I didn't it. even write it. I know, but you you saying that and then like making fun of the rhyme. Quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody made a video of in Mexico. <laughs> it was pretty entertaining. Watched it today. The second one is just screenshots of Wikipedia looking up all of the words that I say. <laughs> <clears throat> I think my favorite thing about that song is that Buenos Aires is not in Mexico. And... Uh, you know, I, I knew that going in. It wasn't like a mistake. Um, Area Villar says, Hey, while I'm here, I might as well ask a question. At the time of the crafting revamp, which made basic cooking and cocktail crafting recipes not take a turn to make, did you guys consider doing likewise with meat smithing? If nothing else, it seemed to be a way to lessen the Noel Moonsign's advantage a bit, though it would reduce Innobox to that guy who gives me a screwdriver. That's how I feel about the bartender at my local watering hole. <laughs> I don't think I've ever ordered a screwdriver, and I don't think that I ever would. No. No. Uh, <clears throat> my head's getting stuffy. I hope these assholes who are sick didn't get me sick. Every asshole here is sick. Just the assholes? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, I bet I'm, I'm surrounded by assholes. That's weird. I've had uh, kind of a head cold. My asshole is fine. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, in it goes. Makes me nothing on cost turn. <laughs> Here's another question. Says Grave. When I played back in 05, I was doing oxy runs and ordered them in a specific way to optimize which piece of plexi equipment I got for the next run. Now I notice the runs rewards for the run come after you defeat the sorceress. Is this because of all the high level content that now exists, or was it a change to affect hardcore strategy? No, it was just. Um, it was because I wanted to do the astral item stuff to make it so you didn't have to do a, an oxy saucer run as a lead-in to a competitive softcore run. Um, to 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 separate the choice of your class from the gear that you started your next run with, because um, it wasn't you know I never thought of it as gear that you would le- I'm sure I'm sure that like hot stuff thought of it like that because he was paying attention to the way that the way that optimizers were actually going to play when we were working on the ascension stuff but I always thought of the plexi as a reward for doing the run that you would get at the end of the run and not as a thing that you got 
as a as a specific advantage in your next run. Um, let's see. Tuscully says, Whack, why haven't you implemented girl beer into the game yet as a consumable? Like beer made of ladies? Mm. Needs more girl. I would say because we're not sociopaths. <clears throat> Scully again. Your equipment is hidden from view. Is this because you're wearing a brainy slash smart skull in the head slot and don't want people asking, how did you do that? Uh, I think it's because long, long ago I was testing something and I tend to not check out devsters. I just test them myself and it didn't yes. occur to me that people could see my equipment. So I think that was back in xenophobe times. Yeah, that's, he just that's, hid my why I, that's why you can't see mine either. Um, because I also don't like I don't like checking out the Debsters. Um, to both of you, what do you wear when doing the radio show? I wear the same thing that I wear all the time. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I have a a set of radio clothes. Assless chaps and a fishnet tank top. A grass skirt and a Beatles wig. Um, but not like the Bob, like the mop top Beatles wig, like the Let It Be era Beatles wig. Uh, the let it be is that even a thing uh, that was the, the end hair. of their career when they all had the giant beards and everything yeah uh, I'm wearing a cargo shorts and a bugbear t-shirt I realized uh, one of the first times in, in months I did all of my laundry at once and I now apparently have seven of these bugbear shirts huh, excellent in my closet so I can wear them almost all the time and it seems like I'm a filthy slime ball who never washes his clothes when in fact I'm a filthy slime ball who rarely washes his clothes <laughs> you know it's just that you're a uh, an, some kind of higher evolved being who doesn't secrete anything yeah um, just one more muddy stick slash wet blanket for the next calendar event day i.e. Beast, beast of forest uh, feast of forest day of the drunk dead ah uh, man I don't know that was a funny joke <laughs> but, um, let's see Child says so what do you do with all the Canadian money that gets turned into Mr. Ace does it get exchanged for US dollars given to a friend in Canada uh, Canada put in the asymmetric office's display case ground up as filler when Jick makes chili uh, you know it hardly ever happens anymore mm. uh, it used to be that we'd get like one a week uh, and then every few months I would take a pile of it to the bank uh, you know what doesn't uh, work is when somebody sends us, like, say, $10 Canadian in fucking Canadian pennies. That just stays in a box in the office because I can't bring myself to throw away currency, but no bank will convert foreign coinage. Yeah. I'm sure there's probably some place that would do it, but it's not worth driving there for $10. Um, but yeah, I take it to the bank. A lot of the weird currency that gets sent in, I just keep in the display case because I think it's interesting. Uh, King Art says, how come Zombo is the one to scare the clothes off of the player? Seems like getting players naked would be more of a Chester thing. Oh, uh, Well, he, he ignores your armor. He slides in under it. I think he's more of a, like, a groping you under your clothes, as opposed to a Scooby-Doo style flying out of your pants. You know, like on Scooby-Doo when they flew out of their pants. Right. I remember that. That was, uh, the old guy at the bike shop showed me and uh, Gary Coleman that video. Yeah. Uh, too old, pedo bear, says Lord Coble. Har, har, har. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, you want to take a break? 
Uh, yeah, take a break here, boss. We'll be back in approximately 15 minutes. Alrighty. And we are back. Cool. Did you do anything exciting during the break, Mr. Skullhead? I fetched some cake for my wife. You belched some cake from your wife? Uh, yep. No, I, I fetched some cake for my wife. For your wife? Where'd you fetch it from? The from cakery? the fridge, yeah. What? Fridge cake? You, you keep your cake cold? You, uh, yeah, it wasn't... <clears throat> you keep your cake cold and your enemies colder? <laughs> cake is a dish best served cold. With a vengeance. I also keep all of my cake CDs in the fridge, too. Yeah, yeah. Makes them cooler. <laughs> this particular cake had come from a cold case in the grocery store, so it seemed like it was intended to be kept cold. <clears throat> I don't know why. Okay. Maybe it was the uh, maybe the icing was made out of raw eggs. Oh yeah, or fro- just frozen colored water. Yeah. Is it a popsicle cake? <laughs> yeah, and, it, and I put it in the fridge, and so now it's just a like a bucket of Kool Aid. It's sort of a cold Kool Aid cake. Uh, popsicle cake would be good. Well, maybe like a popsicle and then some cake. Would be right. Good. I just learned what a real ice cream cake is supposed to be, though, and now I find those delicious. Uh, what's a real ice cream cake? Supposed well, to be? the ones we already the 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 ones we always had growing up were like a layer of actual cake and then a layer of ice cream and a layer of cake, mm-hmm. and that just meant like some rock hard ice cream with just rock hard cake in the middle of it and it it was super gross it's like what happens to cake when it gets too close to your ice cream and only that's the whole cake but apparently like the ones that they make at uh, Dairy Queen and whatnot, because the wife is into them so we've had them a couple times it's just all ice cream with maybe little like bits of things that you would normally find in ice cream but just shaped like a cake and that's delicious you mean like like a contact lens that somebody dropped or like yeah, or uh, a syringe. Maybe. What kind of things do you normally find in ice cream? Like gummy bears. I often get gummy bears in my ice cream. Well, you know, like shavings like, of chocolate, maybe. Or a swirl oh. of some flavor. Something. Oh, like a caramel nut twirl? Yeah. Okay. Like a spiral of nut caramel. I'm not nuts. looking up caramel nut twirl on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> God. Uh... Yeah, huh. I guess I never really. I it was weird. I only ever really got into uh, rainbow sherbet as a kid. Uh-huh. It was never. I I never have been that big of a fan of ice cream. I don't dislike ice cream. Occasionally, if I'm getting dessert at a restaurant, I will just like, could I just get like a scoop of vanilla ice cream? Because every once in a while, that seems like a thing that would be good. But I certainly, even as a kid, didn't want to eat it as often as as it was somebody's birthday. Yeah. In my family, and and same with cake, like, you know, like just that. The cake is kind of boring. I like cookies more than I did when I was younger, but I haven't I haven't really come around to cake. A carrot cake is okay. I've never eaten a cake that seemed like anything but an excuse for icing. Yeah, like to me, the cake is never any big deal. It's what's in between the layers and what's on top of it. And the, the the cake is just there to keep you know like if you ate something that was like a four inch by four inch cube of icing that would start getting gross, so the cake yeah. kind of it kind of balances it out. I mean like I guess like a flourless chocolate cake is pretty good, but 
that's basically fudge dressed or up like fancy. A, like a brownie, kind of. Uh, right. I guess a brownie has flour in it. I do like a brownie. No nuts, though. No caramel nut swirl for me, thanks. <laughs> I'm yeah. saving myself for marriage. I hated my... I always hated ice cream with nuts in it, and that was, like, my dad's thing was to find the ice cream that was barely anything but nuts. So, Ten yeah. But nuts. Yeah, but nut flavor. Barely anything but nuts. They do all of my cake. Barely anything but nuts is the uh, worst Ben and Jerry's flavor I've ever had. And I thought it was rude that they were calling me butt nuts. Bad enough it was an almost empty container. <clears throat> um, you know, like, I remembered just now that in, ad- in addition to uh, you talking about a mat cutter, Riff was also talking about a mat cutter today. Wow. Uh, I think maybe he said something about having a shitty mat cutter, and I told him that shitty mat cutter was my least favorite pirate. <laughs> uh, but I don't. I, it wasn't. It wasn't exactly that. But it was something. It was something like that. Uh, ignoring any sense uh, of sense, uh, says Starwood, can we work out? We can work out how old the oldest account in the kingdom is in game years. Number one was created on April twenty second, two thousand three, almost exactly eight point five years ago, or thirty one hundred days. And each loading year corresponds to ninety six days. So Jick account, Jick's account is thirty two years old by the calendar of loading. At some point in the not so distant future, Jick and his account will be exactly the same age. But I'll leave that for someone else to work out. Huh. Although it's true that that April twenty third, two thousand three, isn't accurate. Yeah, because I say in the next post, that was the day that I added date created to the player table. And uh, it wasn't so old. Um, I don't remember exactly when I created the database tables in the first place. I think it was like maybe the end of January. Um, but, huh, 32 KOL years, huh? 8.5 years ago. Jesus. April 23rd. No, that's I, that was me, and I already said it. Tyrone Jones writes, As an older player coming back into the game after a few years off, I remember the Grey Plague and how fun that was. Did I miss any other whole kingdom-wide events like that? Would you ever consider a Grey Plague Part 2 the Greyening? <laughs> yeah, we did a cool Bones invasion uh, where, you know, that show Bones right? about the forensic... Uh, the Ferengi pathologist? Yes. The... Uh, uh, what do you call it? A zoologist? A zoologist. The Oster- Ferengi Osuary. zoologist. With Osu-ish. the ossuary. <laughs> By the way, what do you be... call someone who studies bones? <laughs> An osteopath. No. A bonerologist. <laughs> yep. Um, a, the bone collector. Right. There. Yeah, so uh, there, there were a few. Sure. There was the rock, floating rocks thing. Yeah. The Valhalla yeah. invasion. Sure. There was um, Big's Dig, super popular. Yeah. If we did a, a sequel to the Grey Plague, it would be Grey Plague to Electric Flugaloo. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. The flu, flu joke. Um. Power Turtleoids. We've had an add-on to Hobopolis. We've had temporary new dungeon. Will we ever have a new thing happen to the slime tube? Like the slimes mutate and turn red, or we have to face the father slime as opposed to the mother slime? Uh, the father slime would be at the top of some sort of slime tower uh, with two smaller slime buildings to the sides of it. Wouldn't that be like a... How would you ever draw something like that, though? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'd be really hard. 
<laughs> oh, uh, otherwise it wouldn't stand up. Uh, yeah, let's, yes. In fact, uh, starting now, all the slimes are red. Yeah. That's the. New We've been world. working on that for a while now. Uh, can you guys please, says Unnamed Hobo, allow Feast of Boros on Challenge Pass after they stop being uh, trendy? Let me elaborate. The only reason Feast of Boros was disallowed for Challenge Pass was because it was a necessity for the Challenge Path leaderboards to stay relatively fair. However, since most Challenge Paths, discounting trendy, have their leaderboards freeze when it expires, how about letting us have Feast of Boros for those? Is that too much work? Do you want to preserve the challenge of not having Feast of Boros for, say, user contests and stuff? Or are you guys going to use the latter as an excuse for not doing the former? <laughs> Let's yeah. say yes. I'm going to use the latter as an excuse for not doing it for me. Thanks, you guys are doing amazing works. Uh, regardless of what everyone, including all of you, say, I'm looking forward to the Crimbo content. I'm looking okay. forward to finding out what any of it is going to be. That's exciting. Hoping to find that out tomorrow or the next day. Yeah, we should probably uh, <coughs> get, get cracking on that. I've yeah, been, uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> the, it's like that Calvin and Hobbes uh, strip about... How you can't, you know, you can't just punch a clock and do creative work. You have to wait for the mood to strike you. And 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 Hobbs says, "What mood is that?" And Calvin says, "Last minute panic." Yep, I've been. It feels weird though because for the past couple of weeks, I've been working on something that comes out at the first of the year. Yeah. So it's like I'm planning ahead and ignoring the work that needs to be done with a quickness. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're we're fine though. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We just gotta we just gotta make sure that we're actually around and, and dedicated to it for the next two or three weeks. Right. You know, I mean, what the fuck else are we gonna do? Spend time with our loved ones? <laughs> yeah, right. Really. Uh, I went and bought uh, I went and bought stockings today uh, because I'm gonna I'm gonna you know dress up dress up in some fantasy attire. Mm. Uh, not not like swords and wizard hats, uh, fantasy, but you know, like, like a, dress like a stewardess. Fantasy. No, I bought I bought stockings for everybody in the house uh, because I, there were monogram stockings. But I realized after I had already uh, already committed to the project that they didn't have any Z's. Uh, so mine, I just put J on, <laughs> which uh, is either Jick or Johnson, comma Zach. Jack Johnson. Uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh yeah, that's another month-long project. Putting things in stockings. <laughs> uh, what did you eat way too much of for Thanksgiving? I didn't eat way too much of anything. I think I had way too much beer on the day after and the day before Thanksgiving. Football filled with Guinness. Goes further than you would think. I think that I ate a reasonable amount of everything. There was just more everything than usual so with your basic Thanksgiving dinner you've got like your main dish and eight side dishes so even if you have a little bit of everything <clears throat> I had two two pieces of pie which was like Herculean restraint for me because there were eight different pies <clears throat> Yeah. and usually for me I say dessert is not an or dessert is always an and mm -hmm. but yeah there was no way that I was gonna eat even a tiny sliver of each of the eight pies I think for dessert, I had a pumpkin bar, which was just like a slice of pumpkin pie in a square right. with exterior crust. We can't go in and there. That's a pumpkin bar. I, <laughs> and uh, I had a little, uh, a little miniature cupcake of some sort of uh, red, like a, de like a devil's food, maybe. Uh, and I had a creme brulee. 
and I had a little thing of some kind of meringue, like a lime, like a key lime meringue shot glass full of layers of things. And I guess that was it. They had a lot of little things on the dessert cart. And there was a whole side to the dessert section that I missed. My mom came back and I was like, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? She would say, they were all on the other side. And I would say, damn you. Damn you full stomach. Not damn you, mom. Right, of course. I'm more respectful than that. I forget what she got that I didn't get. Some other sort of layered thing. I'm a sucker for a dessert in a little tall container. With layers of things. Mm. The little dessert shots are kind of a cool thing to have. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't want to spend like eight bucks on a thing that I'm going to eat three bites of and then be sick of it. Like, two dollars for a tiny, like, human-sized portion of dessert? That's awesome. I can usually make it through a creme brulee. This creme brulee was surprisingly not very good. Uh, That wouldn't surprise me at all. You don't like creme brulee? No, I think the top part just tastes like burnt popcorn. Hmm. So then, you know, and underneath doesn't taste like anything because it's the top part that you're going for, but... Oh, I don't find that to be the case. I like the bottom part. I like just a... Do you like flan? uh, I'm okay with flan. Not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I like a custard. I don't need need my stuff to be super intense tasting, you know? Yeah. That's what I do is... Slice of plain white bread with a glass of water for dipping? Yeah. And then a Mountain Dew for dessert. Right. And a bottle of whiskey. An entire bottle of whiskey, slice of white bread, that's all I need. I think you have a lot in common taste-wise with the the dude who's living in our upstairs now. Oh, yeah? Who was talking about how our banana bread would be delicious if it didn't have those damn chocolate chips in it. Oh, like, what you're, the f- You're mistaken, the fuck sir. What's chocolate chips in banana bread? And they're little tiny chocolate chips, and they're awesome. Okay. It's and the, just, the time that we made it without it, it was like, huh, this is kind of homogenous and bland. I wish there were some nuggets of goodness in here to spice things up. Why don't you just eat a handful of chocolate chips and just cry in a mirror? Because they wouldn't be, like, melted in with the banana and made of wind. Okay. Like I said, your tastes and his seem to be off the so. <laughs> if you say so. If you say so, buddy. Um... Uh, somebody asked. I don't. I don't think I actually uh, read this earlier. Uh, Clingy Bun Fistlebase says, "Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving." From a design perspective, what is the one thing either added into the game or taken out of the game that you regret most? Well, I would say the MMG. Although I didn't necessarily add that into the game, uh, somebody else did, and then when it became clear uh, that that was a thing, people were not going to be willing to live without. Uh, we had to make a real one in the game. But for, for those of you who are new and don't know the story, there was a bot called Rafflebot that did that. Was it Rafflebot? Uh, was it called Rafflebot? I don't remember if it was called Rafflebot or not. Um, hmm. So it just was doing that. It would just, it, and I don't know that it even took a cut, actually. Um, it might have. But then it went away, and then a bunch of other bots started coming up but they would occasionally just like tell both players that they lost and keep the meat right. the person running the bot and so we were like ah fuck and we knew that once that once that hole had had been made by the absence of the first thing to carve it out we were going to have to fill it 
But I hate it. I hate the behavior that it prompts. I hate not the people who play it, but a bunch of the people who play it. Okay. Ugh, NMG, huh? This was sort of, says Kaizan, brought up in another thread by somebody I can't recall at the moment. I figured I'd ask it here. How cool are you with Feast of Boris as it works now? Do you regret making a double consumption day? No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I regret... Well, I don't regret. I am unhappy about the balance considerations that it creates. Um, but it's like there is this big... There is this this constant friction between things that make KOL a virtual world and the things that make the game that a lot of people like to play in KOL. Um, and, you know, I like the moons and I like stuff that is tied to the moons because I find that interesting. But what it does is it makes it so for a certain, you know, a certain vocal both with their words and their wallets uh, segment of the population come to believe that there are only some fixed four days a month where it is possible to play uh, the video game Kingdom of Logan um, because of the way certain things work with the moons or whatever and so you know we, we end up having to tone a lot of that stuff down like the fucking the hermit Ugh. clovers from the hermit you know yeah uh, no, I don't regret making it a double consumption day. It's it's annoying that we have to do the stuff that we have to do with challenge pads and stuff, but it's not, you know, it's just, it's part of it's part of the job now, so it's whatever. I think for most people, it's just like a fun bonus thing that probably means that they get you know, 50 extra turns that day. Right. And that's fine. Okay, you know? let's go! Whoa, what was that? Let's go! Yeah, let's go. Let's I'm excited. Moving uh, on. Do you think Senor Ompe is a Mexican mystic who meditates while he urinates? Hmm. Nice. How much thought did you put into that? Uh, like five seconds. Okay. So, yeah, very good. Pay, I mean, pay is not P. P? Yeah. Hello again. Are there any plans of at least discussions for one day implementing required Ascension quests past level 13, such as the change from NS13 to NS15? I really love the quests that were added to NS11 to bring it up to NS13, and I wish all quests were on a similar and larger scale. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, for every person like you, there's probably another person who'd be like, fuck you, I quit, fuckers. Mm. And where, whereas you, just meditating on your pee, take everything very calmly and in stride. And in, in Hispanic tones. Um, by creating our account, says underscore boss, are we allowing you to use our character's likeness in your promotional materials? Sure. We'll let you know as soon as we do something. <clears throat> um, Link Lad asked if December's item of the month will be a familiar or a c-c-c-combo breaker. I don't actually know where c-c-c-combo breaker comes from. Maybe one of those crazy Street Fighter games that I never paid any attention to. Uh, yeah, also, December's a new garden. It'll be an octopus's garden. It'll be a garden with eight mm. faces. Mm. And uh, you'll be able to look at it through a mirror that only has two faces. Um, one of which is the guy from Thank You for Smoking. Uh, the other of which is a CGI skeleton. Right. 
Uh, when will the new item of the month appear? Rollover November 30th or December 1st? And since I'm not sure how people interpret rollover, I mean, will it first appear uptime November 30th to December 1 or uptime December 1 to what? Will it appear between November 30th and December 1st or between December 1st and 2nd? Yeah, well, it'll be between November 30th and December 1st, unless we fuck around <laughs> and don't get it done. Right. But that that is unlikely. I did a bunch of the, I did a bunch of stuff on it today, and I I mean to uh, I mean to send out some pings tomorrow morning, and it'll be it'll be good. It'll be fine. Uh, Ultimate Chouse says, I can clearly see the chef's hat on the Nullish War Chef's head. Why can't he drop a chef's hat? Also, Null signs are favored pretty much completely over Gnomish and Canadian Moon signs in Run. Would you be open to buffing them a bit to balance? Buff them a bit. Buff them a bit to balance. Buff them. What a to do today. Today. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Is it still is it still the case that everybody only goes null sign? What would we have to do? What would we have to do to buff them a bit to balance? Uh, free MacGuffin in Canada. <laughs> free MacGuffin with purchase of MacGuffin of equal and lesser value. I don't think they do that, right? A free X with a purchase of X of lesser value? <laughs> like free Ferrari with purchase of a Ferrari brand keychain. Uh, Alvin Liu once says I read on the Kingdom of Loathing Wikipedia page that someone did a study on the KOL economy did you guys know about this already or is it news any thoughts about it yeah no we uh, had been given those guys market data for many years Uh, yeah and Diabolico surmised nay deduced that I already knew about that um for my local time, says the dog delusion, rollover is at 12.30 in the afternoon. This means that the rollover from 31st to 1st around lunchtime, I take my iPhone and hide in the bathroom stall and relentlessly hit refresh until I find out what the new item of the month is. If it's not the day for the new item of the month, as was the case in October for several days, the process repeats until the new item of the month is revealed. This also occurs on new challenge path days. Question to Jake and company. How does it make you feel that my most emotional KOL moments take place in a bathroom stall? Mine too. Eh. Yeah, no. Sure, let's say mine too. <laughs> um... I mean, the bathroom style is where I go to shit out all of the plans. Because I pull it, all of our management out of my ass. I, that didn't go well at all. Yeah. Um, you may or may not have answered this question on a previous radio show, but I can't seem to find it, so I'll ask here instead of Bugbear again. This is made up of one question, one thanks. Uh, are you guys planning on making any more tattoos that affect the game like the demon tattoo? I really like that mechanism and would like to see more or all of them, even if it was only pluses to certain stats. Uh, no, in fact, I was reluctant to do that uh, because I don't want that to be another thing that people have to pay a lot of attention to because there's like no cost to swapping it out. Um, I don't want it to turn into like another equipment slot, right? Like the, the demon thing, it was funny. Uh, you know, it was fun. It was interesting that it worked the way that it did. Um, but that's, you know, that's probably it. And thank you so much for making a game I have faithfully played for the last eight years now. Thanks for listening to your fan base, and thanks for making it funny in the process. I really like what you guys have been doing with the game lately. It really takes the B out of banal. P.S. Jick. Frames? Uh, P.S.S. What would you guys think about me getting leave sometime after I enlist to come to KOLCon? How would that make you feel? Safe and secure, knowing that our freedoms were being protected. Spinner rot. <laughs> And hey, uh, I'm going to get un- uncharacteristically uh, uh, earnest for a second here. I was I was honestly sitting and, and thinking on Thanksgiving, what am I thankful for? 
because you know I was seeing lists on the internet of people listing the things that they were thankful for. Sure. And something that something that MC Frontalot said on his Twitter echoed echoed a sentiment that I don't I don't think I say out loud enough. Where where he said that he was as uh, he continued to be extremely thankful that this is what he gets to do for a living. Um, and you know I feel entirely the same way. And and <coughs> listeners and. Those of you who aren't listening, but who play KOL and occasionally give us a little bit of money to support our efforts, thank you, like, a lot for making this a thing that we get to do for a living. Yes, indeed. Like, my life is fucking awesome, and I owe it to the men and women like you who support your local public radio stations. Listeners like you. I mean, my, really, my life is enriched and made significantly more awesome by public radio. Yep. I wonder if anybody is, in public radio listens to our show. That is almost not true anymore. I think that the amount of public radio that I listen to has gone down really, really significantly in the, in the, in the last few years. Because I'm almost always listening to podcasts when yeah. I'm in a place where I want to listen to people talking. I tend to the listen to The idea of listening to, to something car. when it's on is, is really quaint to me. My car still doesn't have a meaningful interface between, like, an MP3 player and its its stereo, so... Yeah. NPR in the car. I always turn I, in know, for car yeah, talk. Yeah, mine used to be like that, but I, but I just... I have that... My new car has a... My new car. Hey. My new car that I just turned over 90,000 miles on, and I realized I bought, like, five years ago. But I still think of it as my new car. Right. Uh, it's got a cassette adapter that I use to listen to, to podcasts on. Right. And uh, it's like the car's getting to that age where the tape player's sort of worn out. And so now all the time that it's running, it's going click, 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 click. So I just have to listen to my podcasts louder. Which, uh, you know, luckily most of the podcasts I listen to are just dudes screaming. Hmm. They aren't really. I guess I do still listen to. Uh, I, I listen to some This American Life every once in a while. I listen to some Radio Lab every once in a while. Those are public radio. Yep. Uh, let's see. Minty Giant says there are many different kinds of whips in the game, from the Cool Whip to the Scorpion Whip. There's no House Majority or Minority Whip. What gives? Is it because it would take a Miracle Whip? <laughs> are whips just that lame of a weapon? Has Indiana Jones outlived his cool factor? Was he whipped by Chuck Norris in Bloodsport? Neither of them were in Bloodsport. Uh, if you combined a ruby W and a pirate pelvis, would it make a pirate whip? What? Pirate whip? Pirate W hip? Hmm. Maybe a W and a pirate hip would be a pirate whip. Whip like Will Wheaton. <laughs> uh, Chuck Norris wasn't in Bloodsport, and neither was Indiana Jones, nor Harrison Ford. I would have watched that movie though. Yeah, I mean, Bloodsport was pretty good, even with just Jean Claude Van Damme and that Asian guy who threw dust in his face. <laughs> uh, on a more serious note, sometimes you'll have a conversation during the show about how awesome X or Y band is, and you'll resolve to play some during the musical break. But in the uploaded versions of the podcast, this music is mysteriously absent. Any particular reason why? Well, because we don't actually own the, we don't actually license the rights to play that music, and so once once we took over the podcast and are now in a sort of a direct relationship with Apple, we don't want unlicensed music in the thing getting the podcast shut down. Yeah. That is why. Ugh, man. 
why didn't I have any of this heartburn during the break when I could reach my tums? Uh, where there's a whip, there's a way, says the nuge. How worried are you about certain phrases slash sayings used in the game to humorous effect losing that humor over time as people who've never heard them due to age come into the game? Or is KOL just for fogies? It isn't just for fogies. I think it's been pretty solidly demonstrated that if you aim your references at the, like, people who are around 30 now, that you'll get enough cool kids who are 15 and are into retro shit that it'll be okay. Yeah, like, they'll they'll have liked those things before they were cool. Right. You know, eventually the, the like, sort of 4chan hipster will be like, well, I don't know, I don't understand any of these new memes. I'm, I'm only laughing at all your base. Yeah. What are the new memes? I don't even know what the new memes are. I've been, I don't uh, understand the new slang. I've been just balls deep in rage comics for a while now. What are rage comics? They're the, like have the super distorted faces that like the guy screaming fuck and the, the okay. guy going why you no work yeah I don't know basically you gotta you have a set of kind of exaggerated facial expressions that you apply to telling a story so the images are all kind of understood memes in, the, in and of themselves and then you kind of compile them into tell whatever story you want to tell I see. I guess I'm looking at one that's about turkey sandwiches, and uh, mm-hmm. that's your that's your meme du jour. Yeah, which I'm sure it's something that's been around for a long, long time. Ah, mm. uh, boy. Minty Giant says, "You know how they have vending machines in Japan where you can buy panties worn by hot babes? Why not market some shirts as worn by Jick? You can increase the price just a tad and give your fans another relic—not just a KOL shirt, but an authentic worn by Jick character. Yeah, it'd be like that half-eaten cheese hamburger." Right. Ah, uh, I enjoyed being around Amplitude and being able to do things like leave a half-eaten cheeseburger in his car. Right. Oh. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't... Do you think that there are vending machines in Japan where you can buy schoolgirl panties? I thought that was a thing that wasn't really true. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it's a thing that was true once in the 80s. The 80s were crazy, am I right? Oh, yeah, man. I remember the 80s. I watched so much Night Court in syndication. It's wild, dude. Yeah, Cheers was on. Uh, there was Neon Elf. Leon. I enjoyed me some Alf. Some Alf, yeah, yeah. I was reading about Punky Brewster today because we were trying to remember what city she was in. And how she, if she was in New York, how she could have a, a tree house for the older girls to do cocaine in. <laughs> but apparently she was in Chicago. So there's a lot of coke tree houses in Chicago. Crack tree houses? Yep. Uh, well, that seems to be it for that radio show questions thread. Uh, let's look at some <coughs> bugbear PMs. Ooh, that's. Uh, Benoven says, uh, I'd love to see some expansion on iconic pieces of KOL atmosphere that don't get seen a lot. Something like a migration of the Sabretooth Limes World event or a craftable epic martini glass offhand that gives bonuses when you're a sword. Uh, there's never a time when you're a sword. All right. There should also be a world event that turns everyone into a sword. 
God, does he have to do all the work? Uh, Elam says, shouldn't Giggity be an origami crop trigger? What? Giggity. I don't even know how that works. Are there words that specifically trigger the origami crop? I don't think so. Maybe people think that there are. Maybe we should let them continue to think that. Did you just eat a potato chip? Uh, no. You didn't pop, did you? Because I was, I'm, I'm, I'm led to believe, I'm given to understand that once you do, you can't stop. Yeah, I would uh, never... Tomato, Tomato Bob says, oh, by the way, Winnie Cooper plays palindrome games with people through her Twitter feed. That seems up, ser- up your guys' alleys. <laughs> yeah, she's all crazy smart and everything. Uh-huh. What's her name? Uh, Danica... Keller? Is it McKellar? McKellar, yeah, because Danica Patrick is the race car driver. Jerry is the race car driver. That's not even. He, he drives so goddamn fast. Yep. Was Jerry what they called Germans? Yeah. Why? Because uh, you Ger- uh, they're German. Ger- they're German. Uh, that seems uh, like a pretty lazy bit of slang there. I should point out that I uh, bonded with. My uh, my wife's cousin's kid over his taste in music because we were playing rock band over Thanksgiving and he scrolled past Jerry was a race car driver. He said, "God, that song is so dumb. Like, why does that even exist? Like, who made that? Like, who even thought that was a song?" I said, "I know. It's like they they're a band and they have like four or five albums." And he's like, "Well, why?" Said, yeah, I know. It just sounds like and he laughed hysterically. And for the rest of the evening, I could just walk by him and go. Said their other hit single went. Well, I know it's got big brown bear and she's still down down to France. So we we bonded over how terribly lame Primus is. Huh. I'm not like the world's biggest Primus fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think that Primus is bad. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it, you don't it see any be... merit in it just because it's not a thing that you like. Yeah, yep. I there's some quality bass playing. That's what you get when your bassist is running the band. Like that, like when it, like the the drumming for Rush. Right. Pretty good drumming. Uh, I'd like to give that guy a good drumming. I'd like to give that guy Mr. Drummond. I like to give that guy a caramel nut swirl. Oh, <clears throat> is uh, is Winnie Cooper still hot? Yeah, she's looking good for her age. Oh, he's one of those. Well, she's nearly forty. I mean, she's practically ancient. Yeah. Um, she seemed to be big on getting girls interested in math. Wait, you start that, and then they're gonna start reading. They're going to want to vote. Having ideas. Uh, Robot Porn says, Why are the stat gains from the Hidden City non-combat so low? I mean, they probably weren't low in the day. They just are low compared to all the stat gains everywhere else on account of inflation. I don't even know if that's true. Do you think the Dependence Day fireworks in the Demon Market should be in stat order, must miss mocks, rather than alphabetic order? Oh, I... What? Oh. The repo says, 
What would you think of adding process messages to the guy made of bees? First time, you hear the shower curtain rustle. Second time, the faucet starts dripping. <laughs> Second time, uh, don't call me Russell. <laughs> the third time, you hear the pills rattling. Um, fourth time, the lights flicker or something to that effect. Uh, yeah, I guess some some feedback wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, just so you'd know. Um, girlfriend got mad because she screwed up and forgot to get a hand mirror before uh, before fighting the guy made of bees earlier, and I was like, I don't even remember how any of that works. <laughs> Link Media Lad says, what do you think about making a holiday content like a dungeon, but in antique map form? Like a clan dungeon, it would cost me to buy slash open. There'd be a limited number of monsters, and a boss dropped off some stuff. I remember in Crimbo's past, the KOL Mafia people weren't allowed to add Crimbo zones to the daily build during Crimbo, but in recent years, it's not such a big deal. Any idea why? I don't know that there was never that they weren't allowed to. They just didn't. I, mean, I think it was more a courtesy than anything. You can always, the users would always immediately post how to do it if you really wanted to. So I don't think that it was really accomplishing anything. Kenshin, 8671. Yeah, right. Uh, when you first unlock the volcano layer, the top menu automatically switches to the drop-down style. Bug or feature? Hell, I don't know. Bug? It doesn't seem like a thing that would happen. Um, I'm going to tell C.D. Moyer about that right now. Ah, Mr. Skullhead, my GERD. Oh, you're having uh, vomit mouth? Yeah, a little bit. I, You know, it's because I ate in a hurry. Uh, uh. <clears throat> our normal our normal plans got uh, got changed, so no sushi tonight. So I was like... You know, I'm actually just going to order a pizza and eat half a goddamn pizza, apparently, before uh, the radio show. Now, for someone who usually eats, like, a handful of Twiggies and berries at the at the at at a time, that's got to be a little bit tricky for your digestive tract. Half a pizza was rough, yeah. Although, normally, I don't know. I would normally, on a, on a day when I'm having pizza for dinner, I would have three or two pieces. But I was reading, and I was in a hurry and reading, and so it just, like, I just ate a bunch of it before I sort of knew what was happening. Right. And I wasn't particularly careful about what I was eating while, it was, while I was in Vegas. It was, a the whole time was an S day? I had a big, uh, I had a big uh, hot dog, and then immediately ate a donut, because uh, when we found a place to sit after buying the hot dog, it was in a Dunkin' Donuts that was also in the casino. Yeah. So you decided, you ate the hot dog, and you're like, yeah, that was a little phallic. I better eat me a donut. Yeah, I better eat something that looks like a giant Cheerio to bring back the youthful innocence of my youth. <laughs> the redundant innocence of my redundant youth. Ah, well, that is just about all the questions that are in there. Uh, Twigman says, are you planning a special Crimbo slash Halloween crossover? Nightmare Before Crimbo, perhaps. Yes, we plan to do that in 2006. Right. Or 7. I don't know, uh, maybe there will be some spooky goings-on or something. But, uh, yeah, a, a full-on Crimbo-ween, people would just scream that it had been done. Uh, Hormone says, Last time I didn't mean if you like the caps in my name. I find this one funnier, but the name as a whole, like a dirty toot Oriole. But seeing as how you read it, it clearly didn't offend you. So feel free to ignore this question, and me in general. No, no, no. The thing that I said, like, no one who's listening thinks that your name is anything other than H-O-R-M-O-N-E-S is the thing. Because it's 
that it doesn't come across in speech. It's a it's homophonic. A homophonic. Don't it's also homo. homophobic. Uh, Linguini Lad says there's something seriously wrong with this link, and then he links to the Radio KOL link. Can't listen to the Radio KOL and iTunes VLC or Winamp. Is that the right URL or is it something else? I don't think anything has changed. Has anything changed, Mister Skillhead? I don't think that anything's changed. No. You're the one that talked to them radio people. I never have to deal with it anymore. I just send stuff to say then and say then is like I'll do it for you, and I'm yeah. like thanks. It's to work for me. Uh, I might need to beg out of here early and go drink an entire gallon of Maalox. To beg out of here. I think I. Uh, I think I. It, it's. It's like a cop is. Uh, it's like there's an occupy my throat and a cop is pepper spray. It's. <laughs> you know, uh, occupy my throat is something that I would expect you to say. To any man, not just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just cut to the chase here. You enjoy sucking dicks. Uh-huh. Okay. You say so. I hear that semen is a good antacid, though. Oh, yeah? <laughs> That's, I know I've told a lot of girls that in, in my day. Right. So yeah, if hot stuff your, is at home... Good for your skin. Yeah. You just work on your aim. See if you can get some in there. Uh, sure. Let me just see if we're ready to go with our handoff. And I will do the handoff job. All right. Thank you. We are and good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.